Hi, this is Darcio and Edgar, and today we are talking about the Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, the reason why, because about 23 weeks ago when we started our mastermind, he was one of the people that inspired us, and we've seen a few things that we thought are really good, that's helped us, and I think anyone needs to know about this, at least to give them a try. And this is what we're going to be talking about today. We got seven points. Uh, first, it's going to be about the vision. Second, going to be about not to have a plan B. Third point is about the competitiveness. Fourth, uh, sorry, my French, working your ass off. That's exact quote from Mr. Schwarzenegger. Uh, then, 45 minutes per day on developing a new skill. And before last, is sleep faster. And the last one, it's all about giving back. So, what you will get at the end. We we're going to give you seven tools that you can start using abuse straight away, which we believe are going to change your life and going to change the way your business is operating and definitely going to bring you in a better place. How do we know? Because almost all of them we are doing on the everyday and the fact that Mr. Schwarzenegger doing that the same proves that they work. So, and the first point that we said we're going to be talking about uh, is vision and that's you're going to start with that. Yes, I have to say, uh, Arnold uh, was always with a smile, and that has all to do with the vision. The vision is very important. He always had a sense where he was going, uh, and that's also very important to, for the business. You always have to know what will be the outcome, uh, what you want to see, what you want to do. As I as I, I start to having mentors myself, the first thing they said to me is, "Have an agenda, have a calendar." see where you're gonna shift, put there and follow because then you have a clear vision when you're gonna shift that point. And you know, I think, so for me, that's the vision, uh, in my opinion. It's interesting what you said, Darcy, because this morning I actually was speaking with a gentleman, uh, his name is Andrew, and he said to me, you need to read the book about your mor miracle morning, something along those lines, and I actually said, why? Uh, because he've heard them waking up at four and he's been so surprised uh, that I haven't read the book. And I said, like, so tell me, what's the key takeaways? You know, I've started reading the Tools of Titans, 22 hours of uh, listening. And I'm going to write the huge blog post about that because I actually think um, not everybody needs to read that book. So I'm very careful with what people are suggesting. And I ask him, you're suggesting that book. Uh, to read and I'm saying what are the main takeaways you read the book give me the creme de la creme like we are doing now and He was struggling. I said, okay, give me two points Give me two the most important and second most important and he said you need to have your morning prompts That you're gonna be reading to affirm what you want which contributes to what you're saying about the vision You know we are getting somewhere. Can we see it? And I say so how do you do that? Because I do the morning prompts myself, and you do it as well. And we are writing them down, so I wanted to know how he does it. And he said, I'm just reading it. So I was saying, you, you, got, you got it written down somewhere, and then every morning you're just reading it? saying, how often do you change that? That's, again, about the vision. How often do we adjust that? And he said, well, maybe once per month. I said, do you think it's enough? I mean, like, I'm adjusting mine every day because by the end of the day, when I'm accomplishing something, I'm realizing I achieved what I expected to do in 90 days today. Everything else needs to be changed. Otherwise, I'm completely out of sync. And I absolutely agree with you. Uh, talking about the vision, it's not just to envision it, to see it, to write it, to make it real. And it's not just about sticking to it because everything is changing every day. But as you rightly said, 
everything starts to have it somewhere. Uh, I think uh, you agree with me, Arnold said when he was in Austria that he envisioned that he wants to be a bodybuilder. He wants to be the best. He, he had it clear. Yes, and Carry on. No, I was about to say that. He had a clear image because actually he had also a mentor on that. And he had this picture of his mentor and he knew it. Okay, this guy, he did that. He achieved that. And that's my way. That's exactly the way I'm going. And I'm going to even be better than everybody else. And he did. And I think the most important thing, the more precise you can see it. You know, the Dr. Stephen Arcavi in his favorite, you know, not favorite, but, you know, the best book ever written, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. One of the habits saying start with the end in mind. Uh, that's actually synced simultaneously with what the Jim Rohn said. It's double creation. It's all about double creation. What means double creation? First, you create it on the paper, like the architect. They're having the precise drawing of where every single socket is going to go, how many tiles you need and how many bricks you need before the first brick is going to be laid. Do we have the same vision? Do we know exactly how the end result looks? Arnold had it. He knew exactly who his idol was, how he looked. He could measure it and he could say, well, I'm not quite yet there. And I think, as you rightly said, it's all about how clear we can envision and see what we want to achieve. And it's all about at least twice per day. And if we're doing it, anybody can do that. First thing in the morning to check you're still on track. And then at the end, asking yourself what I've done today to contribute to achieve that goal or to achieve that I'll even make a suggestion here. Actually, we can put our alarm. This is so easy. You can just set our alarm and say, hey, place our alarm middle of the day for me to see if I still focus on it. You know, just a reminder, it's always good to have that. You and I, we both know that the power planner that, that we all using, every single time when we're accomplishing one thing, we're looking on what we are doing. And we're thinking about what is the next most important thing. And we don't do just anything. Every single time we accomplish something, we go back, we record the win, and we think about what's the next most important win is. So... Uh, at least to begin with, once per day, I absolutely agree with you. But for us, for you and me, the one that's been practicing this for quite a while, once per day won't going to be enough. I mean, I've got the laptop sitting on my desk, and actually today I was thinking about getting the second screen, because I want that to be there at all times in front of my eyes, reminding constantly what am I doing. At the moment I got a laptop, but it tends to fade off after a certain time, and then you don't really relaunch it again. So I said, like, got no excuses. The problem these days is there is so many distractions, you know, without the social media and the TV on, people can easily get distracted. So people really have to be focused and know what they are achieving. And this, I was about to say, this actually takes for our second point, which is the, the plan B. Because as Arnold says, he never had a plan B. And I'm going to let you speak on that, actually. Okay. Hence, you've touched base on the plan B. No, for, for the plan B, what, what I have to say is, is, is a great learn what Arnold says when he says he hates plan B. cannot be a plan B because the plan B actually takes all your energy from the plan A. And what he says is, is very useful in a sense like people get lost and struck easily and thinking I can always find a different way. And it cannot be like that. If you have a plan of vision, please follow it. No plan B. I, I guess you agree with me, right? 
I absolutely agree with you. Before I've heard the Arnold, you know, take away on a plan B, which I think it's short and straight to the point, and, and, and this is brilliant, and this is why it is there. I know that the Jim Rohn used to talk about the same point, but slightly differently. Uh, he said so many people actually wasting time on doing something that I'm not sure about if that's what they need to do. So, you know, people working in the jobs and they're sort of like, okay, but maybe not okay. And maybe they're doing the business and they're not sure if that's what you really want. You know, they never start with their why. They just tend to go in it and, and just continue with it. There are some lucky people that know the why and they're doing really well for one reason, because they know why. And it doesn't matter what's happening. Like you and I, we're recording this uh, podcast for one reason because we just want to do it. And we don't care about what the rest is going to say about this. We're just going to do it. And Jim Rohn used to say, if you're not sure about something, go in 110% into it. People used to say to him, but what if it is not the right thing? His answer was brilliant. You're going to find out faster that that's not your thing. You go full in, and instead of spending 30 years trying to find out, was this the right thing to do? You're going to know in three years that definitely not my thing. Put the big cross on it and move to the next thing. And I think Arnold said the same thing. Forget about plan B. There is one thing actually Arnold says that, uh, to go with that is uh, people perform, perform better if there is no safety net. Exactly. And this was in my mind. This beautiful saying. Uh, exactly. This guy is just the greatest. If you don't have a plan B, this is the only plan, or you're dead, you don't going to be sitting and thinking, maybe I should be doing something else. Excuse me, there is no something else. This is the only thing. And if you don't like this thing, cut that and start something else. And then go full in onto that idea. Well said. Cut that and start something else. But don't keep on going in three, four things yet. Cool. Right. Box that one off. Competitiveness. There's you. Floor is yours. About that, uh, people think like it's like a game these days. People have to win. People have always to be at the first place. But uh, in my opinion, it's not about that. These days, it's all about to to join forces, to go together. There's need to be just one winner. You know, uh, can be actually we can be both at the top. We can share. You know, we can learn with each other. So I think these days, competitiveness is all about that. It's all about learn together. Grow together, find new markets together, move on together, in my opinion. Do you want to link it with um, him being competitive in sports? Because I know you, you got quite a lot on that. If you see Arnold, at that time, you are speaking on the, on the 70s, he was already not going together, uh, alone, I mean. He was already going together. He had his, his friend, which was not taller as him. But uh, he took him, and they went together to the States, and they together become champions. It was always a process which was everybody together. It was always, I'm going to be a winner with the help of the others. And I will be the best. So you perform to be the best, always thinking, if the others, they grow, I also will grow. So they grow all together. And if you remember in the movie, it was not just one guy. It was a bunch of guys that are the pumping iron, actually, by the way, the movie from Arnold. You can see they're all together. They join forces and they're all at the gym at the same time. And working out the muscles, all together. Everybody could be the champion, but he always tried to be, of course, the number one. And they all try to do that. 
but uh, try to get me back on track with how this particular point the entrepreneurs and sole entrepreneurs can take use and abuse, what they can do actually as of today or as of tomorrow around the what we learned from the Arnold in terms of the competitiveness. I believe today the, 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 the business, they can join forces together if they don't know something, they can share knowledge. And they can together actually uh, create bigger markets. There is always room for everybody. I, I love that one. Yes. Somebody in just, the past. Just work hard. Go for it. Share your knowledge. Uh, learn from the others. And you will see you're going to become more competitive and the others as well, which is going to make you grow. The others growing, you also want to grow with. Yeah, I, I think the example of the uh, of the cake, um, one of my favorite examples, whenever we're talking about the um, competition and how the competitors treats one another, um, going really against. And, and, and this is the thing. So if we, you know, imagine a market as a cake, and you know there is ten of us. Everybody wants to have a piece, and everybody's thinking, "How can I get my piece bigger than somebody else?" We need to stop thinking this way. We need to start thinking about how can we grow the cake all together. How we can get the market to grow, because by doing that, everyone gonna win, and everybody gonna end up better off than actually constantly thinking about how else I can get some something from somebody how can i steal their clients to, to come and shop with me or use my services and i think it's it works sometimes but does that really makes you feel good about that do, do you really want to think about what the competitors trying to do against you or we are all together in the same boat and thinking about how can we row faster all together rather than each one is actually paddling his own way and i think this is a marvelous example and i think that's perfectly contributes to the point of the competitiveness that in sport, yes, there is only one winner. In business, there could be more than one winner. There is so a much... win-win situation. Yes. Okay. I think we boxed that one. And let's move to the next point. It's about working your ass off. And I think with with example with the Arnold is that I'm not sure how many know, but he used to work on a building site throughout the day. Then he used to spend an enormous number of hours in a gym working with his body. And then he still was finding the time uh, to go to the acting school. And I think when he suggested, uh, you know, work your ass off, he really meant that if you want to get above average results, you need to work above average. And I think his example with the results and with the hard work proves that. He mentioned uh, one interesting, uh, interesting example from the gym. When I think they asked Muhammad Ali, I said, uh, how many yes. push-ups uh, do you do? And the answer was, yes, yes. I don't start counting until it hurts. I think this is a That's very a interesting idea. concept, yes. I was actually asking myself about that. I was saying, every time you're starting to count when it hurts, are you trying to train the amount of the reps you can do in pain? And that's a sort of like your intention and aim. So now it starts hurting and I can do only one push-up and then tomorrow it starts hurting and I'm trying to make two. 
Because then, probably by the time you're reaching 9 in 3 weeks, it's not 9 anymore, it's going to be like 20, and then it starts hurting, and then you're doing again. So I think with that model, you can lose the track of the, of the growth, if you don't count how much, because you're never going to be satisfied. But I think this is very inspiring illustration of how we're working hard, that it doesn't matter how many reps we've done, we only start counting when it starts hurting, because that's, that's what the creme de la creme, that's what the result really is. It's like with the meditation. The first 15 minutes, you're sitting there and nothing is happening. And only in the last five minutes, that's when you're getting the most result. You had to go through the first 15 minutes before you're reaching that. The same like, you know, that the, the facets, the, the ones that before you used to pump the water to get it up. So you're pumping and pumping and it's not coming. If you're stuck, the water drops all the way back down. So you need to continue paddling, you know, continue pumping. And then when the water comes, then you don't need to pump so hard. Then you can go easy because the water is there and it's just flowing. And I think this is a brilliant yeah. example of saying that... There is that one saying, and he also said, which I like it, which is, there is no shortcuts. There is no shortcuts, you know? Uh, if you want to be, success, be successful, you have to work hard, and and that's it. You know, no one becomes a champion from one day to another. Is something he says as well. It's and that I think is a great line. There is no shortcuts. It's interesting that you've said that because I'm working with so many soul entrepreneurs, and I actually think the social media seeded us an idea that whatever you see there all looks nice, beautiful. That it's People got it like that. You only see the result of the very hard work that nobody's showing you. And by watching that constantly, you're thinking, well, I, I need to do something, and why I'm not getting the results? And I think it's very important, and I like that you brought this point up. It's important to remember that whatever we see, it's only the tip of the iceberg. And by doing small things here and there, today and tomorrow, Please don't expect the big result. Yes, it do happen sometimes, once the blue moon. But would you actually take it? Would you risk it to wait for God knows how long for them to find out that, oh, it didn't happen? At least we waited. I think we prefer to work hard so we can actually guarantee the biggest part of that success. And actually, if this happens while you're working hard, you're going to be double better off. If it doesn't happen, you've done your best. And you, I you, think you said something very interesting, which is the tip of the iceberg. Because when most of the people these days they look at these successful people, they think, "Oh no, it's because uh, it's just, it was just lucky." There is no lucky here. If you, if you study most of the people, and do, as you do, you study a lot about these personalities, they all have hard work behind. You just see the tip of the iceberg, but the, the biggest part, which is under, nobody see it. And I can guarantee, and you know that as well, everybody. You have to work hard. You have to, you have, to have the iceberg complete. You cannot just put the tip because otherwise the iceberg will drown. Yeah, and I think the people are trying to say it was really easy. I think they're lying. I think the people are saying it's super easy. It's the people who's actually trying to sell you something and saying, go with this. It's super easy and it's going to be done and dusted. I think that's as a trick. Anyone who, and it's not just about achieving something. It's about sustaining this. Because what can be worse, to go with the speed accelerate and then drop back with the same speed? Not sure. I mean, like, there was a saying. They're saying, what's the difference between the poor guy and the bankrupt guy? They're saying, the poor guy, it's forever. The bankrupt guy is just temporary. 
you know, if they made it to the top, they're going to find another way how to make it to the top. And I was like, well, maybe we don't need to go so quickly to the top. Let's just adjust the angle and the speed of how we're going. So we don't need to drop and start again. We're just going to continue steadily growing. Um, so repetition. Yeah, we are what we repeatedly do. Everybody's saying that. That's what we're saying in, in, in you know, the acceleration gym. And I think the last point I wanted to make there about working your uh, ass off was Aaron said that he never wasted a minute of his time, which I, I tend to find um, hard to believe. Uh, you know, minute of the time, it's not such a big period, uh, and it can be easily wasted, uh, you know, waiting in the queues and but so on and so forth. In his case, it was hard to waste a minute of his time because he had three jobs and he was always busy. So. <laughs> True, but you see... Uh, what we tend to do, and I'm actually not sure if it's on your power diary, uh, it is definitely on mine, uh, is at the end of the, each week, I'm asking you myself one question. Have I wasted my time on anything during this week? And if yes, what it was? And sometimes you're saying, you know, you ended up to have two hours conversation with some people and you're saying there was no point having them because at the end, there's just nothing. And you can feel, you know, I've just wasted these two hours. Uh, question is, could you avoid that? Probably no. You don't know what you don't know, so you have to go in it. But what you can learn from this, next time, probably you're asking the question before the meeting, saying, what do you really want out of this meeting? Is there really a need? Because I probably can reply back to you with the email. And I think it's, it's a good exercise to ask yourself at least once per week. I mean, once per week, it's like three minutes. Uh, you just need to have a place where you can record it. That's why we're using digital diaries, because we can change everything. Uh, printed diaries can be good for writing, but they're not really good for changes, because then it doesn't reflect anywhere. You know, you, you've got your 90 days plan. Whatever we're changing on a weekly basis contributes to 90 days, vice versa. Whatever we said in the 90 should be cascaded down to the weekly. Uh, so on my weekly, on the bottom, the first question is about, have I wasted any time during this week? And I need to tell you, uh, in... In the last few years, uh, there is less and less I'm writing in that box because you're becoming very selective with what you do and why you do that. Cool. Let's move to the next point. 45 minutes per day on learning new skills. Darcy? 45 minutes. Yeah. A lot of people say, oh, but I don't have time. That's, I think 45 minutes are about that. I don't have time. You, you, you can't say you don't have time. Come on. The day you have 24 hours. For sure, you can find 45 minutes of your time to, to learn a new skill. What, what this means, 45 minutes, this means you're going to learn the new skill that day. But now imagine if you multiply that 45 minutes for the year. You know, in one year, how many new things you can learn? So it's not a matter of time. It's a matter to go for it. Take that time, you know. Get away from people. Get a place where you can be by yourself and learn something. With people or without people, but learn something. What do you think, Andrew? I, I like to add here, thanks for asking, uh, Darcio. Uh, Zig Ziglar uh, used to say about, uh, remember, tomorrow you're going to be one day older and probably nowhere closer to the goal that you probably don't have. He used to say this about uh, setting the goals. It is important to have the goals. But if you take the first part about tomorrow, Will you be better than what you were yesterday, tomorrow? And if the answer is no, that is the, this is the interesting question. Um, Jim Rohn used to say that the humans are the only creatures on Earth that's not going to go for the full potential. 
You know, he used to say the trees gonna grow as high as they can, the grass gonna spread as far as it could, and only humans gonna stop halfway. We're learning one language and we're stepping on that. Saying why? Learn as many as you can. And I think that perfectly contributes to the point um, that Arnold was making about, you know, if you cannot find 45 minutes, and I think, do we really need to start with 45 minutes? I always say, start small. Start 15. 15 minutes? Anybody can do that. Um, actually, one of my clients, uh, I think it was uh, yesterday when we've been reviewing the uh, Power Planner, and in the skills, uh, they wrote something very interesting, which I said, you know, it's not about what you're doing every day. It's about something new that you're going to find out today that you didn't know yesterday. And if every day you're asking, is there one more thing that I found out today in the either in the subject that interests you, professional or personal or business, each day you're getting better by just one thing. And it's just requiring 15 minutes. And if another expression, how you do anything you know, is how you do everything. So if you're serious about the business, you're serious about you. You're going to find and you're going to know that you need to constantly invest in you. And 15 minutes is not such a big investment. Did you want to say something? I, I read a book about, uh, you know, I said about that, about 15 minutes. I read a book about small uh, habits. Uh, start small. And I actually was all about that. And, and I started doing it. And it works. It quickly works. Uh, because, let's say, you know, in the morning, I have my, my, my rules, my habits, you know. Uh, which I have to do, and in the beginning it was very hard for me to to, to start uh, uh, for a run of five keys. So start with one key. Uh, instead to do twenty abdominals, do five. Sometimes people think, oh, this is really this is not it's nothing. You're not doing anything. No, well, actually you are doing a lot. You are creating a habit, and then day by day it will increase, it will increase, it will increase, and that will become something. So don't be afraid to start small. Start small. Absolutely agree with you. You see, I dropped off the gym, and thanks to uh, my very good friend Dylan from France, uh, he brought me back to the gym. And he is, from all the people I ever knew in the gym, he takes it as a science, and he's doing it to a dot. And he's not a bodybuilder, don't get me wrong, he's an engineer, and he's not intending to be competing and so on and so forth but I think this engineering mindset that if you're doing it you gotta do it right and you can see you can see the results you know um, really properly built and he he got me into it and I said you know it's great to come with you because every single time he got a different routine I've been trying to write it down and I said you know it's just not working for me for me it's not about building the mass in the gym, it's about the habit. And I'm saying, as long as I can religiously say to myself, each day I go there, so it's on my diary, each day for 7 o'clock, it's booked for two hours, I'm spending them one and a half hour, as long as my heart pumps the blood, that's the oxygen for the brain, that's all that matters to me, and I said, I wouldn't start doing that if I couldn't commit that I can continue this on a daily basis for one and a half hours. Now, he's leaving soon. So what I said to myself, I'm just going to find the uh, equipment and the machines that I'm comfortable with. I'm not forcing myself to exercise more. 
I'm going there to enjoy this one and a half hours. And I've said I wouldn't be doing this if I wouldn't be able to continue that. And I think a lot of sportsmen actually starting hard, building all of that, and at some point something breaks and they never continue doing it. What I'm setting to myself now, I'm probably going to be continuing doing until I die because there's no reason not to. And I think this is the greatest contribution. If you're starting something, it doesn't matter how small it is, all that matters, how long will you be able to continue to do that? And if you think with this speed, with this power, I just going to be last for a year, two, three, four, six, maybe you need to revisit it. So I absolutely agree with that. Is there anything else that you want to add to the there point? There is another point you said that which is important and actually is a good tip for people now a part of the, the what you're discussing about starting in the gym or starting doing something physical. Find a friend. Find someone to join and then you create habits. So I think that's very important. You know what I want to add to this? There's a trick. So that's a great takeaway for anyone. If there is two people, like you rightly said, that's saying, you know, we're going to be going to the gym. And I think don't force yourself. You know, don't go extremes. That's what Jim Rohn used to say. You know, he said, everything should start with the self-education, not the motivation. So many people are getting it wrong. They're saying it all starts with the motivation. And he's saying, well, you know what? It all looks great. And the gym is a perfect example for that. We're saying, yes, we're going to go to the gym. You know, we know some people. Maybe it's us sometimes. And then we're going to the sports direct or any other sports shop. We're buying all the gear, we're signing up for the gym, and yes, saying we're going to go there, and there we are, we're changing, we're coming to the floor, and we're saying we're going to press, you know, 150 kg of the chest, and what happens? Nothing happens. You know, and that's what sometimes happens with the acceleration without the self-education. People thinking we're going to go like this, you know, extreme angles up, and then what happens? You injure yourself. Because it is a habit. You're starting with one. After a week, you start go to two, to three, and that's how you build it up. And everybody knows that. But everybody tends to forget about that. So whenever people are agreeing, let's go to the gym, they work out themselves crazily. Then they can't walk because they've done legs. And then it's like, you know, three, four days, we're recovering. And so, you know, screw that. We're not doing this again. So I'm saying, you're going there to be there. One of my exes, her father was running a big company, and when she graduated, uh, he offered her a job. And for the first year, she used to come to the office, and she had no tasks. And that used to drive her insane, because she was striving to do this and this and this and that. Her father, up until the very moment, is a very intelligent gentleman. And he said, the first lesson that you need to learn is to turn up and to be present at work. And when you can cope with that without the fail, then we're going to think about adding something else. Same with the gym. Start with turning up there every day at the same time or different times. I would suggest the same time. Uh, okay. And should no, be excuse no excuses. You go there, you know, treadmill. Everybody can operate treadmill. So if you don't know what to do, go an hour on treadmill. And then if you're saying, okay, uh, I mean, like I go to the free weight section and I can actually exercise with the dumbbells, okay. Start that. And then after three, four, five, six weeks, you're gonna say, well, you know what? I want to add something else because it's easy getting boring and I can, I think I can do more than that. And you only can do that when you've been repetitively doing that. And then you're saying, you know, I can take more. And that's where the right time is. Not when you're starting, let's take everything we can. 
then we realize we can't, and then everything goes to pitchy. But last thing, and let's move on, because otherwise we're stuck on this I'll point. I'll make a conclusion for us to next point. Yeah, I'll say, short the angle. Short the angle, create habits, find time to learn something new. If you don't have the 45, find 10 minutes, 15 minutes, start doing, and you will end up in the 45. And if there like is a partner that is keeping you accountable, agree that you're going there for five days a week, or six if you can, don't do seven, rest one day, and for whatever reason, if somebody's not turning up, you got a penalty for a pound. Uh, have a big bank, or I don't know, just make a joint account and use you know the uh, Revolut or something along those lines. So every single time somebody finds the excuse not to go, you got to pay. And then you're going to have this pot that you can then decide what you want to do with that. Or to pay one another. I have a suggestion. We're going to tell them what to do with that pot at the last uh, point of our meeting here. We're going to say exactly what we're going to do. I want to link it pot. together. But there is a good thought there. We are on the same page there. Okay, it's now uh, yes. my time to talk about the sleep faster point. I mean, it's nicely uh, binds together with work hard and the, um, you know, the spend some time on the educational bit because Arnold just said, you know, all of us working eight hours in the office and then you're probably traveling about two hours and you need some time to eat and, uh, you know, uh, then that leaves you with four hours of spare time left. And people say, no, no, hang on a minute, we're actually sleeping, you know, eight hours, so we only got two hours left. He said, sleep for six, sleep faster. That was the whole idea, which which makes us, you know, love to sleep faster. I mean, it's not about faster. I mean, I'm waking up at 4 a.m. every morning, and I go to bed before 10 every evening. And I know that somebody's saying you need seven hours, you need eight hours. I think it's very different to each and every person. You need to try different options, and you're probably going to realize that you don't need seven hours. I'm perfectly fine with six. Why? Because I'm taking care of what I'm doing. So I'm exercising. I don't eat too much before I go to bed. I got the right bed, mattress. You know, it's pitch dark. There's no distraction. So I literally get the super quality time. Because sometimes you can have 12 hours of sleep and you're going to feel really bad after that. So at the end of the day, it's not about the quantity of the hours. It's about the quality. And second thing, it's all personal. So you really need to try different things to find out what's the optimal time for you is. I know that the elder people get the less time for sleep they need. Some of the others do it differently. But my suggestion to sleep faster, it's always get a power nap during the day. This is the greatest thing. And I think the entire Spain got the siesta time for a reason. Maybe they're going to say it's because it's too hot in there and nobody can work throughout the day. I don't care for that reason. Anybody can sleep during the day. Half an hour or 20 minutes or 15 minutes, this crucial time, it's like a reset button. You need to close your eyes and stop thinking about it. It's like meditation, reset, and fix, reshape. Uh, and definitely... The... I mean, I'll say, yeah, but I'll say, this, the, the, the sleep faster. The sleep faster is very personal, as you said. Uh, but also, it's all about to have a better coordination of the time. You know, if you don't want to sleep faster, if you sleep the seven or eight hours, Max, I don't suggest anyone to sleep more than eight hours, at least make your agenda and make sure you follow the times. Don't come with excuses saying, I don't have time because of this or because of that. No. 
follow the time. Sleep the time you have to sleep. Feel comfortable, but follow your schedule. That's it. How many people got the alarm for the morning? Probably all. How many of us got the alarm for the time to go to sleep? I have two. I have one for the preparation. So I know it's when that goes off, everything that's happening around needs to be shut down. You need extra time to finish the things on the computer, to do washing up, and then you realize I need to buy that and all of these things. So I was testing it every evening and increasing it, increasing it before I got the optimal time. When then I know when that rings, I really need to start wrapping up. It's like probably 15 minutes before five, everybody is already on the watch saying like it's 15 minutes left so we all can go home now. So And, and that is like a time. And I think anyone who is thinking seriously about the sleep and want to get the most out of it, that's how you need to treat it. You really, really need to have your alarm saying, well, that's the time to start preparation. Shower, brushing teeth, making I your cup. Say, uh, I will say that's very important, but very, very important because the sleep is one of the most important things in our life. Make sure you have a good bed. Make sure you go in bed on time and you will see your performance the next days. Be much grateful. Just plan your sleep. That's good. very important. Absolutely agree with you. And I think the person like myself that's been waking up 4 a.m., I've changed my routine. I've been waking up at 5 since February. And for the last four months, I've been waking up at 4 a.m. This is the best thing that's ever happened to me. And if anyone asks me, well, can you do the one suggestion? You know, what, if you could choose just one from all, what that would be? I said, wake up as early as you can. Ideally, you probably can uh, master it and wake up at three without sacrificing your sleep quality because I think the morning hours are much more important than the evening hours. And there will be many people that are going to say, oh, what? I mean, like, I only can work throughout the nights. Um, I think it's very unnatural to work throughout the nights. I think the entire world spins around for one reason. The sun raises, everything awakes. And the sun uh, goes to sunset and everything falls asleep. And I think that's how it was designed. And I think humans, again, uh, finding out something that supposedly needs to work for us. I know that this morning um, energy of the sun and whatever is happening in the morning is the most creative time. It's the most productive time. And I think how this is how the God actually invented it. The best things are always after that barrier that everybody's afraid of that this difficult thing like to wake up and not to go back to bed but once you pass that moment every day with a purpose then in week two three you start to see the benefits of it and this is the most beautiful time yes and actually you said it's the most creative time so i'll give a second suggestion and i would like you guys at home to try is don't connect your electronics once you wake up in the morning, wait. Give at least half an hour without going to any distractions. Use your brain. Take a piece of paper if you want. Write on what your dream was. Write on your ideas. But avoid electronics for the first at least half an hour. And you'll see you'll become much more creative and productive during the day. Cool. I'm not sure how we're doing for the time. So let's go uh, to the last point. It's all about giving back. 
Yes, giving back. Uh, we spoke about that before. Giving back. There is many forms to, to give back. Uh, when you give back, you don't have to go far away to give back. You can if you want, but you don't have to. What, what is giving back? No, nobody can do anything alone. Arnold, as he said, he was helped by his closest, close friends. And then he tried to help them as well. He tried to help as far as he could because he, could, he had a chance to do that. But you as individual, you don't have to go far. You can actually help help at home. You can, you can uh, help at home. You can help uh, your family. You can help your friends. You can help at work. Uh, start local. Start slowly. Start local. But uh, give back and you'll receive back. That's, that's for sure. Uh, like to add something, Adrian? Um, I know you have you have a story you told me, and which I think is great. I think you can tell that story. I, I can tell many stories. You need to remind me which story you want me to talk about because I actually just I remembered like, like another the, like story. The one about the housekeeping. housekeeping. Don't, don't say oh. names, please. But uh, I've been told off in the past for that. Okay, that's fine. I, I will do that. Uh, yes, I, I I think point about giving back. Once again, people overthinking it. And it doesn't matter how big or small it is. It's all about what it matters to you and the person that you, you're sort of helping or supporting. Uh, you know, you can start small. And when I say start small, if you can allocate an hour per month, which all of us will have, and you can help somebody who is not in as such a fortunate position as you are, and, you know, even if you don't know where to begin, on the first month, you're going to think for an hour who I can help. And if, you can't, if you're not really, you know, used to thinking outside of the box and you never used to do that, maybe you weren't going to come up with anything on the first month. Next month, you're going to be having another hour. And the beauty, when you're starting on the first month, during the next month, you're probably going to start seeing those opportunities for one reason, because now you know that the next month, at the end of the month, I will need to have that hour thinking about how can I give, how can I help somebody, how can I give back. And once you're going to start to see these opportunities, you know exactly where to put them, because at the end of the month, you're going to have this hour when you will need to think about what shall I do. Now, by the time the second month ends, you're probably going to have two or three things on the list. And then just go go with it and, and do something. The example that you wanted me to talk about was about the charity. Uh, you know, we're running the um, charity water. I'm supporting this organization for many years. And when I was a general manager of the IBIS, uh, I always um, run the campaign on a payday because it's the best day when you can sort of... Uh, you got no real excuses to say, you know, I can't uh, contribute a pound. And I never ask for more than a pound. You see, it's to begin with, once again, it's not about the amount, it's about the actual gesture that you're starting to do that. It's a, the same, it's a skill, it's a habit. And if you start thinking about that this pound can actually, together with everybody else's pounds, can contribute to somebody and make, you know, help somebody who needs that, that's a great feeling. And what I noticed is normally the people that go the most gives the least and the example was about that the most supportive people for any charities I used to run been housekeepers these are the people that are always down to you know to the earth doing the hardest job in the hotel all of the jobs in the hotels are hard don't get me wrong but the housekeeping is tend to be the invisible people that's doing all of this beauty and going through a lot and I think more than 
anyone else. I mean, like, okay, you can put the KPs and some other uh, departments as well, but housekeeping dealing with a lot of interesting things. And they are the most generous people. Uh, and as I said, like, uh, whenever somebody donates, you can actually see the majority will be the housekeepers. And the people that you're asking, because, you know, you want the owner of the hotel to be the one that's actually there stimulating everything else and setting the example of how to do, these are the people that will hardly ever contribute. And this is, you know, this is the interesting thing. And I think we need to start thinking about giving back today. I mean, the end of the month will be in less than 22 days. Uh, can we? You also said said before, yeah. Let me say, uh, you said before about doesn't have to be monetary. You can help with work, like you keep suggesting to take the shift from your colleague. Can you tell that story? Because oh, I think you, you want a great the story. Okay. Yes. That one you as see, well. uh, that's an, that's said, one. As soon as you start thinking about what can you give back, it don't need to be a, a money. It can be your time, it can be your advice, it can be your suggestion. And if you're running a business and you're saying, okay, how can I give maybe to somebody of my employees? Um, you know, and you're saying, well, maybe they don't need the money because not all the people are coming because of the money. Uh, maybe they, you know, struggling psychologically or mentally and they probably need to have extra day with their families. You're saying, okay, how about if I give you extra day and I'm gonna fill your shoes uh, and that's going to be a great win-win solution for both parties because the person that's working for you is going to really appreciate the time that you gave them that they can spend with the family. And you can actually have an incredible lesson that's, you know, 45 minutes a day. So if you're doing it just once per month, you can cover it for the entire month. You're stepping into somebody's shoes for eight hours and you never know what you might find out. You know, as the employee, how they feel, where they work, where is the sitting desk, what they need to do. Is it organized? You're going to come up with the ideas. I, I guarantee you that. You get to know your business better. I think that's a great suggestion. Great, great. Uh, absolutely. And, I mean, you know, we've been doing the um, discussion and I just pulled it out of the pocket because I just said, like, what can I come up with? And I said, like, it's simple as that. Uh, and that could be the greatest win-win ever. I mean, like, that person probably going to appreciate what you've done uh, more than anything else, more than, you know, the envelope with a hundred quid in there or, you know, the shopping vouchers. I mean, it doesn't make it personal. It, it takes the boxes, yeah. but, you know... There the, is so many people can help, and that, that's amazing you're saying that. Uh, actually, suggestion, if you want to help monetary about the, the money, the one pound from the gym, if you don't go to the gym, you can also suggest that you can use to, to work yes, the help. Yes, the, the, the punishment for uh, not attending the gym, you can actually, I mean, um, Charity Warder is one of the greatest charities and if nobody knows about that, definitely please Google it because uh, that is the only charity I've been supporting since I've started and, and I will. I don't think I will ever stop that uh, because it's just, it's a very simple great idea of giving people water, access to the clean water. And, you know, every pound or, you know, you can donate less than a pound, you're receiving the full report on where your money gone and where they drilled the well and they're sending you the GPS and you can go and check it. And this is... Can you say the name of the charity again? Uh, it's just called Charity Water. 
<laughs> it's just called charity and water. So they're just doing charity for the water. Charity water. That it's is a, it's a, it's, no, nothing else. It's a New York-based company, and um, it's, incre it's incredible why behind the company, why they started doing it. It's a beautiful story, and it's beautiful implementation, and it's... It's 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 really touching. So I don't want to promote that because don't get me wrong, I'm not no, a commission no, or something. So anyone can actually read it and find it. But as I said, anyone can start their own campaign. They can set their aim of ten pounds. They got 140 days before the campaign is closed. It doesn't matter how big or small it is. There is no commission involved. It's all go to um, to the charity, and uh, there is no reasons for not to do that. It's a habit again. Exactly. So now let's go through the uh, key takeaways, as we promised. So first uh, is about the vision. So the best advice here is to have as precise plan of what you want to achieve and how this needs to look at the at the very end. It's like the architect that's got the plan with all the details, with all the wires, with all the sockets, with all the facets on it before the first brick is getting laid. So uh, I think that's the encapsulates the whole thing about the vision. The plan B yeah, as well. Smile. Once you have that vision, put hard on smile because it's the most beautiful smile ever. When he smiles, because he knows exactly where is a, a shield. We got that, Adam. Brilliant. No plan B. <laughs> we covered that. So if you're doing something, do one thing really well. And if you're not sure of this thing that you need to do. Go full steam into this thing. You're gonna find out faster if it's your thing or not. Your not your thing, and if it's not, box it off and move to something else. Don't do it 50-50 and spend an enormous amount of time. Then in 35, you know, 36, 38 years to find out, I never liked what I used to do. So go full in. No plan B. No safety net. Find it out, and if it's wrong, do something else. And if it's right, think you're gonna be the winner. Uh, competitiveness, uh, the conclusion there is that in sports, yes, there's only one winner, but in business, we need to remember that it could be multiple winners. All, all the companies can benefit from growing the market, so you don't really need to think always the you know red ocean or the blue ocean. We always can think how together we can grow the pie so everyone benefits. That is a great the great uh, spiritual and great mental setup, the power of the unity, the power of the team together working on it, great. Uh, the cake grows and everybody grows in the cake. Absolutely, yes. Work your ass off. I think we covered a lot of there. So, uh, you know, contribute to the point of the uh, don't have the plan B. Go full steam in. Uh, don't rest too much. One day off is enough. I know that you're probably going to say we can stick with two. But my favorite example is Jesus created the world in six days and was resting on the seventh. And I don't think anyone since worked harder than him. <laughs> so and one day for him was enough. So whenever you're thinking about that, you know, you have a Sunday off, feel like Jesus. You know, feel so proud about what you've done in the six days that on the seventh, you feel the beauty of that day. Uh, then 45 minutes. We're calling it the 45 minutes because that's how the Arnold used to say that. But it doesn't matter how small it is. If you can start with 10 minutes a day, it's going to be a huge change. 
and then once you're starting and then you're getting more fascinated and excited about what you're doing you you might go to 15 and 20 but don't commit to 45 when you cannot sustain it so start as small exactly. start 10 minutes create up start small exactly but create up that's the most important indeed and i think the key there is create the habit that you can maintain for at least 50 years ask yourself can i keep that promise to 50 years and if not adjust it and even if the adjusted version is no maybe you don't need to do it yeah. because then it's not a habit then it's a project you've done and dusted and then you don't need to come yeah. back to it yeah. we're talking about the habit so let's not get these two things confused okay. sleep problem. faster yeah. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I, I don't think it's a great takeaway but I think it actually tells you think about the quality of your sleep it is important and you can sleep faster if you're making it right so sleeping is not just crashing in the bed, keeping your eyes closed. There is more to it. There is, uh, we, we discussed the book, uh, the sleep book, uh, beautiful uh, by Penguin Publishing, uh, about the sleep. All the sleeping hacks, tools, suggestions, how to improve sleep, why it's so important, just in one book. And if, if, if we're not using it, no reason not to. Because we're spending seven, eight hours of sleep, and that's what the book addresses, saying why the human was designed in this way that you need to have this time, that you cannot actually not to control it. There is this is a mystical thing about that. And if you start to treat the sleep professionally, like you do the business, you know, setting the alarm for going to bed, you know, cooling your room, uh, switching your mind at least hour before you need to go, switching your devices not to have this blue light and you had the chemistry that's happening, can you sleep faster? Yes, you can. And that's what the Arnold was saying all about. And then the last point we said, all about giving back. I think this point uh, contributes to all of that. It adds the beauty uh, to the whole thing. Why, why are we doing this? It's not just about us, because we still want to be appreciated. And when we're becoming successful, we want to share that and we want to share the knowledge. And so many people saying, you know, you want to leave something behind you and you want to give something back. And that's what the Arnold said. You know, when he came to America, also, he, I, he had nothing. I was about to say, also, that point is, is about to, nobody gets there alone. You got yeah. help as well. It is a completion. Tell about that. I, I absolutely adore this thinking that, uh, that he, Sad. And some people might say, you know, th that just marketing, you know, sounds good that, you know, uh, giving back all of this uh, stuff. I actually believe in that because I'm doing so many free consultations and I've said to myself, I will continue doing that. I'm going to say at least once per month, I'm going to leave like a half day Friday to still run three, four consultations, no matter what changing, no matter how successful you become, you're saying... You know, you can't give all your time away, but you need to have that block. And if somebody wants to see you and somebody needs your help and you're saying, you know, your calendar is full for the next year or two, but you're going to have that slot and that person is going to be there for you and it's actually going to change your life. That is so important. And it's just a small habit. Start allocating an hour per month, as I said, and it's going to do brilliant things. And, the you know, the example that I want to say about the Arnold, when he said he came to America... He had nothing. He moved to that flat. He had no plates, no uh, microwaves, no bed, no nothing. And, and the community actually, each one had something that they could help him. And he said, it came time when I said to myself, 
I want to give something in return to those people that's helped me when, when I was in need. You know, and that creates this ripple. You know, um, there was this movie about uh, pay forward, uh, about one guy is helping another person and saying, in return, you need to help three other people. And whenever you're helping the other person, you need to make sure or ask them to help another three people. And how this creates the ripple that actually comes back to the same person that he would never realize. Because he helped that homeless person, that person helped that person, that person helped that person, and that came back to him and he needed the help. And he said, how did you know about that? And he said, like, you know, somebody say, now you paying forward. And then he realized that his concept worked. Unfortunately, he died at the end. It's quite a sad movie. But the idea is amazing. It, it's very yeah, touching. It's amazing. Yes. So I think that's um, we done. So uh, please subscribe. Please leave your comments. Uh, as well as any suggestions for the upcoming topics. If you want us to talk about something. Or if you want to share about the tools that you're using in your business. That change your business. Change your life. And actually contribute. And you think that you know people need to know about. Um, this was Darcy and me, Edgar. We were all going to waste your time on telling who we are, what we do. Uh, everybody's a smart cookies and actually, you know, bright cookies can find out the information about us. We're going to leave the details somewhere in the description or the comments. So if anybody needs to get in touch, please feel free to do so. Nurse, do you want to say anything or are we done for today? Thank you so much for your time and I hope you think this was helpful. And please leave your comments in the description. Wonderful. Darcy, thank you for your time and I will talk thank to you, you during the next podcast.